0: Welcome to the East and Chronicles podcast, broadcasting from the edge of things here on Grimsby's historic East Marsh. It's summer 2021 and today we have something different. We're starting a few podcasts exploring different approaches to local democracy and community development and engagement. We start with some brilliant young people who have been travelling around the country asking the question, what's next? We're here today with the guys and gals from the Freedom Tour. Could you just very briefly say your names for us?
1: Hello, I'm Greg. I'm Paul. I'm George.
2: I'm Laura. I'm
3: Liv.
0: Thanks, guys. Uh, Welcome to the East Martian Chronicles podcast. Uh, We've got a few questions for you, all under the heading of what's next. So could you tell us about the Freedom Tour? What is it?
4: The Freedom Tour is a group of young people moving through the UK, uh, having as many conversations with as many people as we can, trying to cross the big social divides that exist in our society, trying to build a picture of what's going on and also build a picture of what could take us out of these crises better than than how we've gone in. So the crises, we're talking about COVID, we're talking about the recession on the horizon and, and the mother of all crises, climate and ecological breakdown in the background.
0: Thanks, Greg. That's really clear. Jill?
5: What prompted you to do it? Because we hear a lot of stuff about young people aren't engaging politically, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm I'm really interested in why you're doing it. What prompted you? What what made you think, yeah, let's go and do this?
2: I guess first self-interest, because we're moving in quite like small bubbles where we feel like people have same ideas and they're motivated and they want to do things. And then we realized that actually there's a lot bigger world around us where people are not as like empowered don't know about all the things they could do um so really like for us a learning process to go out and listen to people that um are all over the uk um and also i guess that experiences we've had ourselves of like meeting very inspiring people not saying that we're inspiring people we invite very inspiring people to our people's assemblies which are the people from the local campaigns um and how we've got like politicized and on board with doing lots of things that we've seen changing the world or at least changing the world a bit
6: i think like it came at quite an interesting moment you know with the pandemic because like for me personally and i know talking to others that there was this sense of like uncertainty of like where to go from here. Like we've, you know, we've had the election. There was a, there was a, we, a lot of us were involved in the Corbyn project and, um, a lot of us have been involved in Extinction Rebellion and there, yeah, it's this general feeling that things are sort of coming to an end or struggling to kind of, um, yeah, know what to do to, to make a difference or to keep the kind of momentum going. And so for me personally, it felt like, yeah, the next stage of how to, Um, to sort of act politically in the world.
1: But I think it also came specifically out of the the failures of the Corbyn movement. For me, I also like volunteered on the Bernie Sanders campaign in America. And I I think I saw similar things in both places where like a lot of young people from like the metropolises were like headed out to like convince sort of the unwashed masses to like buy into this political project. And in both cases, it failed like, like pretty miserably. And I think in large part because um, there was no nothing built up at the ground level in, in these places that we were heading out to 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 campaign. Um, and so for me, the reason that I'm on it is because I wanted to see like I, like, I don't know travel around, talk to people uh, without any sort of agenda and try to build something from the bottom up rather than the top down, because top down just hasn't seemed to be working the past couple of years.
0: Marvelous. Thank you. What you you've mentioned a couple of politicians Uh, Corbyn, Sanders, do you think politicians have failed us and what are the big issues of our times that that maybe they've failed us with?
4: I don't know that we have like a sort of unified approach on this maybe we do I guess it's hard to speak for the freedom tour (laughs) (laughs) but I can say how I feel like politicians have failed but actually I probably wouldn't even blame the politicians I'd probably blame the structure that they're operating within which um, makes this assumption that people can't govern themselves, that <laughs> they need, you know, 600 people to govern 60 million people. Um, yeah, I think that's the, that's the big failure. And the, the politicians within it, they're, you know, they're, they're doing what the incentives of the system sort of tells them to do. Um, and I think that so so. How does how? What kind of failures has this political system caused? I, I mean, I think the big one that we're noticing when we go around is this feeling of sort of it's a combined feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness. It's like people don't feel like they have any responsibility or agency to try and to try and change the course of you know their communities' lives, society at large's lives. And so they don't bother, they don't care. They're like, it's all pointless. And they say things like, you know, politicians, they're all the same. And what they really, what, what the sort of, um, what I think they really mean or how I interpret that is, yeah, the, the system's the systems rigged. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, uh, anybody, not- a- <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts, Liv?
3: Well, just to sort of add to what Greg was saying, I think um, this doesn't really answer your original question, but I do think that there is this sense that a tri- like of, people have finding it very difficult to connect like the things that they're seeing in their communities to politicians or to the actual causes of those things that are happening and like from, from what i could notice people were kind of expressing this sense of like there's no way i can change this or there's you know this is just happening and i can't i can't stop this kind of constant cycle of of events and um i think like the fact that there is no way of kind of attributing responsibility and also connecting all these like seemingly disconnected things that are happening um that's really problematic i think as well because there's no way of kind of of assembling some sort of unified idea of what's happening to people on in their pri- like in their personal lives but also on like more of a national scale as well i think
0: so a uh, kind of a feeling of not making sense of things
3: yeah I think so yeah I think maybe that's also a symptom of of living in this kind of system that we're living in right now where things are sort of
5: are very disconnected
0: great thank you Jill
5: thank you it's really interesting to hear what you've got to say there so when you're out on the freedom tour how do you listen to people how do you engage and listen to what they've got to say do you have any particular methods that you use uh, maybe, maybe the new
2: freedom to a method is deep listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been, so we've been looking at things like deep canvassing, which talks about listening to a person first and foremost, um, without like already making up in your mind, like all the things you want to tell them and really trying to connect to people. Like in the deep canvassing, it would be because you, you will try to find ways to connect to a person and like kind of source from what they say experiences where they might have felt um, alienated or that like make it easier to explain the things that you want to try to convince them of. But I guess what we really tried with the Freedom Tour is first and foremost do the listening and now we're kind of still working on like how we can bring in the things that we'd like to say and explain to people. Um, but yeah the experience I've had is that a lot of people were first like surprised that somebody's listening to them and that trying to sell them something or like convince them of something Um, and that has led to a lot of very beautiful conversations um, which I've really really enjoyed
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
6: Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing to to mention is um, the events that we've been holding towards the end of uh, the week, oh, we've got Marika who's just joined us, um, and so we've been calling them big chats in the park and so we basically bring people together, serve some food and then the way it works is we um, will we'll hold like a few um, talks, like initially we did it, at least this is how we did it in Hull, um, whereas before that we kind of just invited people to come up and then speak, um, testify on a certain issue and then break them off into smaller groups to so then talk amongst um, themselves some kind of prompt so the one in CM for example was um, how can we come out of these collective crises better or stronger and the one in Hull was uh, if there's one thing you could change about Hull what would it be Uh, and so then they're you know talking in smaller groups and they feed back to the general kind of group um, at the end of it so it's kind of a way of um, getting a sense of what the whole crowd is thinking.
4: Yeah it's it's modeled on this sort of idea of the people's assembly which a lot of people around the world have been doing I guess particularly in Spain and the municipalist movement but yeah it's this kind of democratic tool that you know they use it's been used sort of since time immemorial or whatever
2: can I add one more thing (laughs) um I guess one really important element is building trust that um what people say is important and that they can say something without being judged I feel like that's been something really important in different conversations that we've had and also the People's Assembly. And we've had really nice feedback from people saying that they felt safe to mm. talk about things. And obviously like the things they've been telling us have showed that they opened up like very deeply.
4: Yeah. Can I also add, sorry, <laughs> just that there has been this, like you kind of described this is like moment of of surprise when, especially when we talk to people on the street where it's like, Oh, we're not actually trying to get you to sign up to anything or trying to sell you anything. We're really just like, we're genuinely here to talk and you can kind of see it on people's faces. They're like, Oh, whoa, these people actually want, want to listen to me. And that is such a gratifying experience.
5: Yeah. I think, I think that's really important. This deep listening, when you think about how polarized our societies are at the moment for various reasons, um, To actually listen to somebody whose views you might not necessarily or normally agree with, but to give them that space and for them to have that space and not be judged. Um, I wish somebody had approached me on the street and and chat with me. I'd love it.
0: (laughs) So uh, you may already have touched on at least one element of this, and it might also be three questions. So here we go. You've been travelling the UK this summer, and I took this from your website, building bridges sharing struggles and imagining solutions together. So can you tell me what the bridges are, how you share struggles, and what might be the collective solutions? So what are the bridges first?
4: Well, maybe, yeah, we can talk through some of the campaigns that we've linked up with. I think that would be cool. Does anybody want to start?
2: I can start on some campaigns. Um, I guess in Durham, we... Um, unfortunately haven't been able to invite as many campaigns cause it was just the beginning and we were like sorting out a lot of things uh, but we managed to um, invite Mahmoud. He is involved in a campaign against the um, female detention center that is planned to be built in County Durham. So he came along and told us about what he's doing and he was able to um, basically connect with people that were the people's assembly and quite a lot of people as well involved with XR um so I guess that's like a little bridge that has been built um in Hull I feel like a lot more successful because we had more campaigns please jump in if I forget somebody so I remember Adam that has also run as a counselor um with Flatpak Democracy there was um Emma from Untold Stories that uh, works with sex workers. Um, There was a person from... Gosh. Gosh.
4: Yeah, which is about communities taking back control over their kind of open spaces and cities. And there was another group called Time Bank, which is about, yeah, creating different forms of kind of exchange in a community. So yeah.
2: Yeah, so they all came along and I guess on one hand it was this people would see all the things that are happening already these are sorts of solutions they've heard about but also these campaigns were able to connect and adam said that he really wants to organize a people's assembly again um so that is for us definitely also a way part of the solution of people coming together and talking and it's really important for us the element that we're just like driving through a week we don't know the local communities. We won't. We haven't been building up things, and we won't continue to build them. But what we really want to is that people get this little sense that we plant our seeds, that we spread some inspiration, and that then that continues on.
1: Yeah. So I guess we've been talking about like building bridges within communities. We've also been trying to. We're still at the beginning of the tour, but we're trying to build bridges uh, between communities as well. Um, sort of that goes along with the collective struggles part um just in the first like um, two or three places we've been to we've seen a common pattern of like local councils um voting as a block like labor in both cases sort of having um like um, control over the local council for decades or centuries even um and then voting as a block using it as a stepping stone to like Larger, um, larger offices, and just like not really doing anything for the community. Uh, we saw that in County Durham, um, Hull as well. Um, the guy we were talking to, Adam, said that in the last couple years, he couldn't find a single example of a dissenting vote from a Labour councillor in Hull. Um, but what they've done in County Durham is they've managed to kick Labour out. Um, they've put together this sort of like rainbow coalition of independents of um, conservatives, Lib Dems, and a Green Party member as well, and at least broken down that sort of um, undemocratic method of governing. So as we move on, we hope we imagine we're going to see the same kind of thing in a lot of places, especially like um, former uh, Red Wall areas, but we will be able to say, look like people have managed to break this. People, there's um, uh the thing called flat pack democracy which um you know adam's involved with i think billy you've been involved with as well so just like showing that like the same local struggles are happening all across the country and there are people that have managed to do something about it
6: yeah that i just to jump in i think paul makes a good point in that like we're traveling around the country and then getting a sense of what are the collective struggles that are happening and after each people's assembly or big chat in the park we have like a big piece of paper with all of the outputs or with all of the general themes and thoughts. And so to be able to compare that for each one that we do across the country um, is really kind of exciting and interesting to see what will come from that. And we've also been kind of um, thinking of what to do towards the end of the tour. Uh, and we're kind of um, theorizing about holding a big event where various people from all over the, the country that where we've met um, will come together to have, I guess, a larger discussion and then We don't know what will come from there. That'll be, I guess, um, the next thing to to talk about. But again, it'll be kind of strengthening all of these connections that we've made um, and and looking towards the future of how we can continue all of this work.
0: Some fantastic answers there. Thank you. We've uh, got two questions left for you. So how are you planning to share the stories you're collecting on your travels around our merry England? (laughs)
2: Oh, you got us. That's what we're thinking of, I guess, the most this week. Um, Obviously, we've been sharing some things on social media, but we've got lots of material that is quite long, like speeches and sort of interviews. Um, And we're thinking of like, how can we best make them accessible? Maybe you have some ideas for us as well. Um, Because we don't want to do long write-ups that don't seem accessible and people don't want to read we luckily have a website that we can use to do things um Greg has been thinking of infographics <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. and also you know yeah re- re- recording conversations putting sort of little podcasts together that's why we're gonna have a podcast with you Billy
6: <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about making a video as well some sort of video content a film
0: <laughs> a film would be great wouldn't it yeah so um okay thanks for that i'm gonna let jill ask the next question
5: so what's next then that's the last question for you really once you've worked out the different ways that you're going to share things how how do you see this going forward how do you keep that momentum going in the future
4: i think this is definitely a question that we don't have a unified answer on in a good in a good way like because yeah we're a couple of weeks in it's a couple of months long so we want to keep things open. That's actually a kind of really exciting part of, of this whole thing. But I guess just to share some scenarios that I would love to see happen. Um, I think one is being able to bring lots of young people along with us, like Liv joined us in Durham um, after knowing us for like a day or two. And, and I'm sure there are others out there. I mean, in fact, I know, cause I've talked to them who are disconnected really care about what's going on but don't have a sort of community to get stuck into figuring it out with so to find those people and to yeah I guess just like raise the the sort of level of consciousness a bit and then and then to figure out together you know with all of the the different people that we meet how these things come together into a a kind of yeah mass movement uh, for systemic change um that's the big that's the big question.
2: Courage to discover, discover together.
4: I think that's a
0: fantastic place to leave it, don't you, Jill? I do. Yeah, I do. Fantastic. Thanks so much to our intrepid and inspirational Freedom Tourers. We love what you're doing. Thank <laughs> you. Amy. Yeah. Thanks for we talking do. to us.
5: Thank you very much. Thank
4: you. Thank you.
0: Our next episode will very likely be the second of our ragged reading groups, further exploring the wonderful and unfortunately prescient ragged trousered philanthropists. If you'd like to contribute and be a part of our reading group, get in touch with us by email to info at eastmarshunited.org, by Twitter at eastmarshunited, or find us on Facebook, East Marsh United. See you then.